I think I learned at an early age to be observant. And there was something about those people that really encouraged me to learn. So that's the first thing. But what I want to get to is that for me, creativity is not a God-given talent. It's not magical. It's a skill, right? And it's something that you do on purpose. It's not like, oh, I'm so creative. I just woke up and had this amazing, you know, batch of earrings to put out there. Not a chance. I sat down and I do a lot of writing. You know, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. So I do lots and lots of exercises and they've become second nature. So, you know, it it has become something that's a little more ingrained and might seem a little magical, but it's really not. And everyone's got it, right? Everyone knows how to lie, how to exaggerate, how to tell a story. Like, that's creativity. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. so glad you're here joining me in the windowsill today or this evening or whenever you're listening. I have a really wonderful conversation with Zoe Collins today. Zoe is someone who I've been following for a while now and her colorful designs always catch my eye and I just love to see what she's up to. Here's a little bit about Zoe. She's a very serious but never solemn and very creative ball of energy. She believes that color is not to be wrestled with, but spun like magic, that art cures the troubled soul, and that taxes are a privilege, not a curse. Her work has been described as colorful, powerful, fresh, quirky, witty, and mad. She writes, draws, paints, prints, collages, and teaches. Zoe believes that peace comes from within, from working out who you are and being gentle with your perceived failings. She loves showing people how to be creative, both in person and online. Zoe currently lives in Brisbane, Australia with her husband, kids, favorite girl dog, Jean Jeannie, and a large elderly cat, That is one of the best bios I have read in a long time, and I think it really, really describes Zoe so well. We have a lot to talk to you about and to share with you, so I'm just going to dive on in. Enjoy. Zoe, thank you so much for joining me today. I am very excited to get to know you better. Well, it's a thrill for me too, Margot. Absolutely. Well, you're one of those people that, you know, when I'm up late at night or something, I'll I'll be like, what's Zoe doing? What's she making now? What colorful thing is she up to? I remember a very, it was just a moment that 
I hang on to because it was mid or I just released my first earrings and you popped in and you said, you need to put your prices up. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, oh, okay, Margot. (laughs) So I did. Uh (laughs) And it was very good advice. It wasn't by much, but yeah, it was very good advice. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. They are so, you do many beautiful things, but those earrings to me, are so unique and so colorful. And there's a lot of people doing earrings, but I still feel like yours are so you and they stand out and they're awesome. And thank you very much. I'm wearing a pair myself right now. You found a way to express yourself. And I think it comes through in a lot of things you do that is just unique. And and it, I feel like to me, from an outsider looking in, it's like Zoe says, I'm going to figure out how to do this in a way nobody else does. I'm not sure I think about it in terms of I have to be different, but right. I do, I do. It's ingrained in me. Um, I grew up with a mother who was extremely focused on beauty and style and elegance and mm. on a budget, mind you, and um, and we always, as, as a family, I think we felt quite different and I think even mm. within my family I felt different. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't. I don't feel comfortable in a crowd. <laughs> That's so interesting. There's a couple things you said that I was like, well, so if she grew, if you grew up with a mom that focused on style and beauty, did that make you want to focus on that or not focus on that? Oh, both. Yeah. It's yeah, this see that. huge tension that I have constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quite exhausting. Actually. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, there's this tension around like, it's interesting because I think on this whole quest of figuring out who I am and what I want to do and how to express myself in an authentic way, I, um, I've lost my train of thought. That's all right. <laughs> but um, I just re- I realised that even like everything has to look good, but mm-hmm. what looks good means what looks good to me. Right. And I've, I constantly have to say to myself like with that box design that we were just talking about off the record um with that box design it came about really easily because I had worked and worked and worked through all the trash and got rid of all the stuff that was trying to please everybody else and just Mm -hmm. thought what do I want yeah so everything I do there are two things that I keep coming back to it's what would I want Mm -hmm. and is this taking myself seriously? Mm. Right? So when when you ask yourself if it's taking you seriously, what do you want that answer to be? Yes, yes. or no? Okay. Yes. Okay. Because taking myself seriously means acknowledging that what I have to give is worth it. Yeah, I know. That's 12 years of therapy. <laughs> I was just going to say, how did you get there? My, we need some of that. I'd like that in a cocktail. So I I was going to ask you because I feel like you, well, as you say, 12 years, did you, were you at a point ever where you thought, oh, I don't, I can't show anybody this. I don't want to show anybody this. Or have you always just been more in tune to, does this feel right for me? I'm going to put it out in the world. I think I've always craved attention, right? So I have this deep, and I think this is pretty common, but I have a really deep, yearning for my work to be seen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, and it's it's one of my biggest frustrations and I don't know if I can blame living where I live which is a city but it's Brisbane which <laughs> yeah. I love 
and there's, again, all these tensions. I love Brisbane, but I've always felt like it's really hard to be seen in a small town. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the internet's definitely changed that, but I think I came into the internet a little bit too late. Mm. In like, if you hear, like, I always think back to Lisa Congdon saying that something that she said in one of her books or something about how the internet happened at the right time for her, mm-hmm. like Instagram happened. And I think, wow, I wonder if I'm as good as Lisa Congdon and it's the internet's fault. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could, I, I think we know. could all think that. I don't think I have uh, her drive, mm-hmm. but I definitely have the yearning to be, mm, to have my work seen. Why do you think you were too late for the internet? I'm I'm jumping all over the place, but you're saying things that I'm curious about. I don't know. I think, I think we all lean on, uh, it's, it's so, it's so caught up in what success is, right? So I don't feel successful. I feel like I'm never good enough. I'm never going to crack it, whatever that means. And, mm-hmm. and yet I think I've had some lovely little successes. Like the earrings are just something that I, I love earrings. So I made earrings, right? And then right. as it turns out, people around me love my earrings and people a little further abroad love my earrings. But there's always this frustration that, you know, I've got 130 people on my email list. Mm-hmm. And every time I get two new ones, two drop off. And I feel like if only I could get more people's eyes on this, then it would probably, I could earn a living, you know? Oh, that is, that's a really good segue into a topic that I think is on all of our minds all the time. It's how do we get that number up, you know, in whatever way it is on the email list, eyeballs on our work. I live in a small town or I live in too big of it, whatever the thing might be. Yeah, so. Yeah. And I know I reference this a lot, but Lisa Congdon, who you referenced, and and so many other people right now, I think it's diversifying what we do and the paths and the ways that we do it that are going to bring us successes in on, in different ways. So, you know, how to do the earrings. I will talk about your other projects going on. Maybe it's te- whatever it is that you might be interested in doing. If If we can figure out a way to do more than one, then... A, as creatives, we're not stuck doing the same thing. Plus, there yeah. there is money potentially coming in from different areas. And that's, if if one falls short, the other might play catch up. And we're not just spending our day doing the same thing. I always find, too, there is so much juice in the unexpected. Ah, yes. You know, so... Yes. I will, I spend a lot of time at my kids' school talking to people mm-hmm. because I just, it amazes me what people do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and there are no, there's no one else at school that's doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Got, a lot of, got a lot of lawyers, a lot of, you know, professional women and men and listening to what is important to them fuels me in a way that I would have never expected. Isn't that, you isn't know, that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was one of the mums at school and I, I just gener- I just quietly said one day, oh, what about earrings? I really like earrings. I, I'm trying to figure out a way to make them. And she just lit up. Huh. And she said, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> make That's the earrings. Yeah. So I just kind of cobbled together my first range and all the mums at school went nuts. <laughs> See? That's so good. Oh, my yeah. goodness. 
Well, let's circle back and tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are, kind of the evolution of of Creative Zoe. Um, of course, yeah. You know, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts recently just to, to get the vibe and there's so many common threads. I mean, I, I have to say I do challenge any of us to find a kid who wasn't creative to start with. I can't say I was particularly encouraged to be creative, but, you know, I, I, again, I, went, I tried so many different things as a kid trying to, I don't know, I don't know what the hell I was doing as a kid, but it was fun. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of drawing and entering colouring competitions and writing stories. One of my favourite memories of school was publishing my first book. Ooh, I love that. So they, yeah, they had a they had a um a book publishing program. So we got to write a story, and then there was a woman on staff, or she might have even been a volunteer. And then we would print, like I think the school secretary typed them up, and then they they created these little books. And then so fast forwarding to high school, I did art all through high school. I did music, drama, English, and I always thought I was just really good at music and English and my art was like I remember the the school principal walking in and you know how they kind of walk around looking imperious and she looked over my shoulder at what I was doing and she said oh that's uh interesting and you know I, I took a lot out of that uh, as we do <laughs> yeah so I, I have to say I left school did an arts degree which is basically was English and media studies and lots of writing and loved it and then I didn't know what to do with my life so I traveled a bit went to America and did you did you feel like that time in your life that showed you your a way or made you think you wanted to do this or that or it, I think at that age it's more just the adventure of it all yeah it re- at, I was 19 I I had done my first year of university then I took a year off to travel then I went back and finished my degree and immediately after that, I went to the UK for a year and lived with my sister. And um, so, again, I was just lost, Margot. Like, yeah. I just had no idea. I had no particular encouragement or direction in which way to go. My yes, sister yes. was a, a, a temp, so mm. I thought I'd try temping. Yeah. Total disaster. <laughs> I, I chuckle because there was a moment. <laughs> Where I think I remember going to the temp agency thinking I should do that. Oh my gosh, this has been a long put away memory. And um, <laughs> I had to type, you know, X amount of words a minute. And I was like, oh, well, there's my first failure. Like, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> because I think as a creative, especially at that, at that age where, where you're, ter- where you've taken creative direction or courses in school, but then you're, I was left with, but uh, what do I do with it? there's yeah. not a specific path at least there wasn't for me no no path <laughs> no path I just, I just wanted to be good at, yeah I just wanted to be good at whatever it was I was doing and I was really good at uni did yeah, really yeah. well at my studies but also too I have a pretty short attention span so I could have gone further and done a master's or and I just was like no nah, I've had enough of that so it was when I was in the UK though, and I was really, I really was a miserable. I didn't have the best time, and I think my sister would roll her eyes and go, "Uh huh." I she took me to a design fair mm. at Earl's Court, and mm. I just, I can't even. I, I will never forget that feeling of going, oh, "Wow, these uh-huh. people 
do this as their job and it was mostly in t- um, industrial design. Nice. But I got chatting to this old guy and um, and he just somehow made me go, oh, graphic design, huh, I would like that. Huh. And I was working for a team of engineers designing a um, – well, they were designing, uh, I don't think I could talk about it actually, <laughs> but they were designing a thing and it was to do with railways and I was their secretary and I was terrible, like really bad at it. But they Was had that graphic- through the temp agency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, this is in the UK by now. Yeah, yeah. So but was- you ended there, you ended up there through the temp agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did so many things wrong that I, I, I spent years thinking that it was my fault that that project didn't actually ever come to fruition. <laughs> Yeah, so there was a graphic designer there, a really young, really funny kid, and he said, oh, my God, all of that stuff that you're doing in Word. So I was typing in Word. It wasn't crap. It was probably really important. And um, I was drawing in Word and using tables to make these graphics. I don't even know how. I don't imagine how I did it. And he's like, you should be a graphic designer. He's like, you wouldn't have to use Word. There's proper programs. There's Corel Draw. <laughs> and I was For like, heaven's cool. sakes. <laughs> yeah, so his job was to draw maps. Oh, wow. And I just remember thinking, I would love to do that. So anyway, that was when I realised, okay, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go home. So I went home and I was miserable for a bit longer being a temp. And then I came across a little tiny ad in a newspaper that said, you know, Design College Australia graphic Ooh. design this is your career you're amazing come and let us show you how yeah. off you went to your future absolutely loved it again I'm really good at the studying part of things so I worked my backside off and um, spent all the money on the computers and because it was just when Macs had become really popular you know they were those little bubbly ones yes yeah the good so, colors yeah well I bought a flower one it was pretty baggy oh wow did you go work for someone straight away after that? I think my first job out was for a really wacky company. And it wasn't like, I didn't love the work, but it was an amazing melting pot of weirdos. And mm. I felt like for the first time, I wasn't the weirdest person at work. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. And I love, like, I still love those people I would go back in a heartbeat but it was a it was a contract I think it was a year and the work was fairly dry it was working for political campaigns so there's a bit of teeth whitening but there was really good stuff in there as well like really solid learning ground with people who knew what they were doing and it was just the most beautiful workplace I, I oh my god I wish I wish I wish I could find that again but anyway so that that ended in about a year and then I, no idea what happened next, but I ended up being hired by one of my old tutors at Design College and he hired me as an illustrator. And at, up until that point, I had not thought of myself as an illustrator. Interesting. Not a, like not a, no way. There's no way that I would have thought I was an illustrator because I can't, like I, I not that I can't, but I don't draw real things. Like mm. I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't be bothered observing things and sitting there quietly and like right. replicating something. So I just thought there's no way. And um, anyway, so he he hired me as an illustrator, and it was a baptism of fire. Uh. I 
I was not in a great place again. Like I had a terrible boyfriend, mm. really mean to me, and I wasn't very nice to him, like, to be honest. Um, and then the illustration work was so fast. So we mm. had to do like, it was for a maths company, so kids' maths books. Oh, gosh, yeah. And we had to do something like 14 pages per day, and it was illustration wow. heavy. Yeah. Wow. It might have been 11. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure someone liked it. And I was not keeping up. Mm. Um, and my aesthetic, I, I hadn't figured out, I think because I hadn't any illustration experience, I hadn't figured out how to work with inner dial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I still, I've got the books. It was good work, but I just, and I think personally, the boss who hired, the guy who hired me, I made a fatal error on the first day in that we had a cup of tea together Mm. and I said to him, I don't think graphic design is going to sustain me for very long. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think back, I would have been 28. I'm quite proud of that insight that I knew right from the beginning that this would do for a while, but I knew that it wasn't going to be what I was going to end up being. But I remember him at that point going, Wow, well, it's not something you should really tell your boss on the first day at work. <laughs> and I have to say, from that moment on, our relationship went downhill. And oh gosh, I don't know if I got fired. I have a memory of leaving pretty hastily mm. and being quite upset that I'd stuffed something up. Yeah. I can't really remember what that was all about. And, and in the end, like I've caught up with him again recently. He buys my earrings and he bought my art kit and. Nice. You know, it's all water under the bridge, but it was it was a very tricky time. Yeah. It goes back to that stretching, learning, growing at that point of, of our lives where we yeah. we know we want to be doing something like this. Is this it? This shouldn't this be enough? All of that. Yeah. I, th- I think I went from that place to the next place and then I lasted, I don't know, maybe another year. And then I was like, stuff this. I'm going to do my own thing. You're paying me such such terrible money. The dog just barked over my swear word. They were paying me such terrible money. Again, it comes back to money. But um, but I thought I could do this. I could make my own money. So I started my own design studio and I did that for six years. Freelanced as well. Did a bit, bit of everything. That's so great. Did you find that um, fairly straightforward in getting work? Oh, it was unbelievably easy. Like I can't, I don't know what it was. I don't think I just think it was the right time. Like I think I had made enough friends in the industry and adjacent industries that I just put the word out and people were like, oh, yeah, could you do this for me? And, oh, actually, can you do this? And I ended up with a really lovely um, fashion client and, I don't know, I did some really cool stuff, right? <laughs> it was really exciting. Um, yeah, I, I just... I don't know. It just sort of all fell into place. And I also, like I I was working a lot. My husband last night said to me, because I was looking at your um, at some of the questions you might be asking me today, <laughs> and I said to him, would you agree that when I decide to do something that I just jump right in? And he's like, oh, he said, you are like a dog with a bone. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you, yeah, and I did. I dove right in. I had a client that I would go and visit, like so work in-house. I had another client that I'd work in-house, but then all the other time was spent on my own stuff and I was working, I don't know, insane, insane numbers of hours. 
Yeah, we do. We tend to. It's. I think when you love it, it doesn't matter. No, it's addictive. Yeah. And and I was addicted to doing the work, but also I could see that every job I did, I was getting better and I was learning something Mm. and I was getting more recognition. So as I said before, I'm really, I really, really need recognition. Yeah. That's, that's it. You know, that's a, I love that you said that because I, I think sometimes, I don't know, there's a stigma where we're maybe not supposed to say that, but I think that's true for all of us. We want to feel like we've found our place. We're recognized for finding that place or, or making, uh, making a difference or whatever that might be. So I think acknowledging it just lets us keep going, own it and move along. Yeah. I think, look, again, I can remember the moment with my psychologist where she made me admit that one of the reasons that I produce art is so that people can see it. Mm. And I was really uncomfortable with it at first because you're not supposed to show off. You're not supposed to outshine anyone around you. You're supposed to, well, this is me I'm talking about. I'm assuming I'm not the only person. You're supposed to be really good at something, but you're not supposed to be that good. So I remember her saying to me, you are that good. You have to believe that you are that good or else Mm. you'll never be able to take yourself seriously and you'll never feel like you've done anything valuable. And I went, oh. That's good advice. Yeah, well, it was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. I think think back to the first time well the uh, not the first time I showed my way it was it's hard though I think when you when you when you're raised with that kind of thinking and I, and I also believe it it's kind of um oh I don't know the, the time in life where we're that we're living in or you know it's not necessarily a millennial trait but maybe it's it whatever I I remember thinking are you talking to me like they were saying they liked the work and they were asking me questions about it and asking for certain things. And I, I remember feeling like I wanted to turn around and see who they were talking to behind me. Like, who are you talking mm-hmm. to? Because it was such a weird feeling of ne- I had to acknowledge that I, I had nowhere to hide. <laughs> I had to yeah. acknowledge that they were talking to me about my work, whether, whether I thought yeah. it was good or not. And I think it's um, of course, we just have to own that or you're there, we're there, but that is a really interesting thought to say that, it's we do it because we want to be seen, but I'm not sure I've ever thought about it that way. I'm I'm doing it because I love to do it and I'm mm. going to put it out there because maybe because it's something I love, somebody will help me buy the materials to paint the next piece or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't but, know. I guess we can talk ourselves through it in whatever way we need to. Yeah. No, I mean, I went through exactly the same thing with, with, um, my psychologist it was like well no hold on a second I yeah. just do it because I love it and she's <laughs> like of course you do and that's that's you have to love it and you have to go through that but she said but what happens next do you not want someone to pick it up and go I love it too and I said well yeah I do and I think also for me there's this real fear of admitting that I tried really hard to do something mm. you know fear that if I try too hard it won't work out because uh. armor or something I don't that's a good one to, we do invest and we want to often, we really want to. And, and I, I think sometimes we'll, we'll achieve something, we'll do something, we'll, we'll do a show or, or try a course and do this thing. And it's like, oh, I've done that. But what if you do dig in? Like, 
with your freelance? What if you do do it for six years or 10 years or whatever it is, and you continue to get better and you continue to be the person that people want to turn to for that thing? Then isn't that what it's about? Yeah. So what are you doing with yourself now? Uh, Work-wise, I am in a bit of a post-project slump, which I love and hate in equal measure because I I never want to uh, stop, but you have to stop. So I'm actually trying to stop, but I'm also really wanting to put out the next range of earrings. Mm. So I've been drawing on my iPad a lot, looking at my previous art kit job and thinking, oh, I really wish I could just do that all over again. <laughs> Well, but now we get to talk about it and you get to market it and will you be, and I'm curious, well, we'll talk about it and tell people what it is too, but, but you almost said like that it be, in a, in a negative way, now you're working on your next range of earrings. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing. Oh, you know, it's interesting because that reminds me of the thing that I was trying to remember when I was gazing into space. <laughs> I think that maybe people other than me but also me, have this problem where you minimize what you've just done. Yes. You're like, yep, that's over. That was easy. Oh, you know, I've, I've sure. done that. Big deal. Move on. And I think, um, yeah. So, And I think I'm a little bit like that with the earrings nowadays because I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I've done it three times before and I've had, I've sold out of every range. You know, it has been a success. I always want to say but, but I'm not going to say but. Um yeah, but I guess this time around, I'm I'm at the point in the project where it's a struggle. So maybe that's the negativity coming through. It's that it's not coming together super easily because I I'll have a moment where I'll draw something on the iPad and think, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, and then I explore it a little bit further, and I'm like, nope, not going to do that. <laughs> that's not so, as pretty so- as I thought it was. It's not as not the right thing. I'm trying too hard to please an external mm-hmm. thing. I've got to get back into me. It has to come from me. It has to be authentic or else they won't work. Do you think, do certain things for yourself when you hit that realization where maybe you need to recenter where that help you recenter, help you get back to you? Or do you just Um, draw more? I draw more mostly because uh, I have two young children and a husband (laughs) and a dog and a cat. And I find it, I find I have to really carve out the time. Mm-hmm. So I think a really good way to reset, though, is to get out in the world mm-hmm. and walk around barefoot or go to the art gallery, talk to people who are not creatives, um, and then talk to people who are creatives and just, I think you just need to chill and breathe a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I, that makes me circle around to one of the questions I was thinking about, which is what is creative thinking and how does one tune into it or where do they start? I see you just from, just from this conversation as one of those people who's probably a highly creative thinker and not willing to just rest on something. And, you know, even in your story, it, it's like you, you kind of, you traveled, you tried some things. It was maybe the age you were and where some of us are at life at that time, but you're probably always someone who notices things and and makes note of how that would be. And you taught yourself to be kind of a graphic artist with programs that weren't meant for that at all. And, you know, so I feel like 
what are those things that, that how can people tune into it? I love this question because the first response I had was, I don't know. And then just as you describe, I don't, I'm not happy with that answer. So I will sit here and think about it. So the first memory that I have of this particular thing I'm going to talk about was at the age of 11 primary school. The principal of the school was also my teacher. Mm. I went to a really small primary school. There were four girls in my age group in my class. And we were a mixed age class because, you know, funding and whatever. It was tiny. There were 64 kids, I think, Mm. in the entire school. Um, She used to, uh, every morning we would turn up, sit down, and she'd say, right, what did you observe on the way to school? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. And the school was on Smith Road. Mm. And she, one of the questions I'll never forget because I got it wrong, she said, did you go past a sign that said Smith Road or Smith Road? And we all just went, oh, nobody had the answer. Really? <laughs> she, she was training us in observation skills. Yeah. Right? yeah. Every morning. It's like, what colour T-shirt did Mr. So-and-so have on this morning as you walked in? Interesting. And it was just fascinating, right? So I think I learned at an early age to be observant. And there was something about those people that really encouraged me to learn. So that's the first thing. But what I want to get to is that for me, creativity is, it's not a God-given talent. Mm-hmm. It's not magical. It's a skill, right? And it's something that you, you do on purpose. It's not like, oh, I'm so creative. I just woke up and had this amazing, you know, batch of earrings to put out there. Not a chance. <laughs> I sat down and I do a lot of writing where I, you know, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's semi-conscious or subconscious Mm -hmm. writing where you just basically, you don't read what you're writing, you just let it flow. Yeah. Um, That's an exercise. So I do lots and lots of exercises and they've become second nature. So, you know, it it has become something that's a little more ingrained and might seem a little magical, but it's really not. Um, And everyone's got it, right? Everyone knows how to lie, how to exaggerate, how to tell a story how to convince a child to dress a certain way or eat certain foods. <laughs> like that's creativity, man. That's, that <laughs> Par- is... Parenting is creative for sure. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's, for me, creativity is like it's a muscle or a skill and it's like you bend yourself around a problem mm, in, just like in order that. to see if, if that problem even exists, right? Mm, mm-hmm. um, or if it needs solving or if it just needs to be played with. So I think the difference... It's all about intention. So I do a lot of intentional exercises if, if I need to. Like I, generally with hearing design, there aren't many problems. It's just drawing. But, um, but you even said it's just drawing, but you need to get it right. What right you in your mind, right. you know, yes. it, it yes. needs to, it needs to have a certain uh, measurement. It needs to be 100% mine. Right. I can't like, cause I often do, will look out there at Instagram or, um I've got a lot of books I used to work in a bookstore so all of my I've got a really good selection of books from 20 years ago now but Mm. I will look through books just to get get it flowing and I can sense when I'm copying and when I'm not Mm. so as soon as I notice that I'm copying it goes it has to 
move away. I mm-hmm. can't because I don't. I don't want to. It's like a real pride thing, you know. I know I've got something in there. I just you just need to mine it. Yeah. And the questions you have to ask lots of questions. Well, I can tell you're the person. You're a person that does that because your work is so unique. It doesn't. I never look at it and feel like it reminds me of anybody else, which wonderful news. It isn't, that's not easy to do. I can tell you're, you're one that challenges yourself. I can, that comes through. That's, that's healthy. I think it's healthy and not, but I think overall it keeps us alive. And I don't mean alive. I mean, aliveness, it keeps the aliveness fresh and, and it keeps us challenged and it keeps us excited still about what we're doing on the daily. And look, I, I have to admit, there are certain things that I don't try hard at, like our house is quite untidy. <laughs> uh, That's all right. I gave up. I gave up on that. I was just like, oh god, I can't. I can't do the whole thing. I do yeah, my best, yeah. but yeah, like I don't. There are certain things I really. It don't ebbs try. and flows. It ebbs and flows. Yeah, all right. mostly all right. ebbs. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your project that you've now finished but the nice thing about you finishing it is it can be in our hands yeah oh my god okay so this thing I've got it in my hand because I I feel like I need it with me right now um I have it in my hand too I'm I'm the lucky recipient this will all be on on in the show notes these beautiful pictures and things of this fabulous kit yeah so this came about because a uh, stockist of mine in country Victoria, the one I mentioned earlier, said to me, what else have you got? I need some more pretties. What have you got? And I was like, oh, I've got some scarves. I've got some, you know, I dyed some scarves and attached some things and blah, blah. And she went, nah, I've got enough scarves. That's an open door to to the next project. That's exciting. Yeah. And then I said, well, you know, I, I make art kits for friends like occasionally like if it's a kid's birthday or a grown-up's birthday I'll put something together and I'll chuck it in a box and I'll hand paint it and I'll make it really you know make it for them it's it's a specific for them kind of thing what if we did something like that like a little art kit and in my head Margot I thought this is going to be real quick (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to chuck together a couple of creative thinking exercises make it a zine We'll add some watercolors or some markers. And she's like, cool, that sounds awesome. And she had a beautiful ceramic watercolor palette in her shop. She Mm. said, could we make it work with this? And I went, yeah, sure. Next minute, no, that's not going to (laughs) work. Because I'd started to write this book. And I realized that it was huge. Like I, I was like, oh, actually, I can't make this. This isn't a zine. This has to be beautiful. Mm. I want it to be beautiful. I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to put my heart and soul into this thing and make something that has longevity that I'm proud of and that demonstrates what people are always asking me, which is how do you do what you do? Mm. Nice. And for me, the book is It's not just about the art in fact I would say it's more about the psychology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because having spent all that time in therapy I realized that without knowing who you are on a deep level mm-hmm. that there's you're never going to be 
and authentic. You're never going to be able to express yourself authentically. No. And for me, true. that is the crux of everything I do is that it has to be authentic. It has to mm. be something that I can't minimise, that I can't shove aside and say, yeah, I did a couple of rages of earrings. Have you all signed up for my mailing list yet? I don't send out much, but there's a couple of things a month. One is kind of a story and just thoughts that I'm having. And the other might tell you a little bit about who's on the podcast or who's in the windowsill workshop, but you just probably don't want to miss out because there's a lot going on and I'd love to be telling you about it. Hop on over to tantostudio.com and sign up for my mailing list. See you there. I think that's a, a true testament to the work you've done on you, which is a gift to the rest of us, because then you know that to be truly representative of what you want to put out into the world, you can't just touch on it lightly. You can't. <laughs> and I think one of the things that really got me further along in this process was doing the year of art school, which is where I first came across you and your silver locks. <laughs> I remember the first time your face popped up. I was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, and that, like that year of art school, I went into that thinking, oh, my God, this is embarrassing, saying to myself, this is your chance, Zoe. This is your chance to work really hard for a year and show people what you're made of. And, like, I didn't have a clue. Like, I got in there thinking, I'm going to be a surface pattern designer or I'm going to do home decor. And I did the home decor course, Margot, and it was amazing, but I suck at home decor. I looked in the gallery. I remember looking in the gallery and going, right, so that's next level. They have found a way. These, these people who I thought were doing really well in it had found a way to make it their own, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. I was still stuck in, it has to be a plate. It has mm -hmm. to be salt pepper shaker and oh <laughs> I look back on that work and I think what was I thinking but oh it was phenomenally great to go through that process and realize that the thing the thing the course that lit me up the most was the one about money mm, mm, because I it made that. me yeah it made me realize that I can do it I can totally do all those things that they're making right. me do but I can't do it until I know how to make things my own Right. Ah, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And that takes time. And oh you my can God, do it takes so much time. It does. Sorry, people. And you can do any of those things you want to. Like if you decided, oh my gosh, I'm passionate about making salt and pepper shakers, you would have figured that out how to make it your yeah. own. But yeah, it's yeah. whatever it is. Oh, whatever I still it want is. To make salt and pepper shakers. Well, don't you don't get me wrong. I still want <laughs> to make salt and pepper shakers. And I still would love to. I love stuff. That's the other thing. I'm really addicted to stuff. Well, we we like the things we creatives, we people who making things. I was going to say it circles it circles me around to the the outcome versus the process. But keep going on your 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 train of thought, and then I'll circle back to that. Oh, I was just looking back at. I was just leaping through the book and and trying to. Yeah, we haven't talked more. Um, Let's continue on the to, kit. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to link it back to what I was saying because. The kit is basically a book, right? The book is the juice. Yeah. The other stuff is the the vehicle, right? It'll it'll get you moving. And for me, a lot of creative people uh, get stuck. And yes, yes, they, we all do. We go through moments where we think we're never going to be able to do it again. 
um, or we don't know where to start. So this book will lead you through my creative process. And it starts with finding out who you are. And it's basic, like what's your name, what's your favourite colour, what's your favourite meal, list your favourite people, what's funny for you, where do you live, where do you want to live, how are your boundaries, do you know how to say yes, do you know how to say no, how much space are you taking up. And it goes through things like, you know, do you like rain or sun or snow? It's really mm. basic warm-ups. Like I, I think creativity needs, it's a lot like um, athletics. You need to warm up. I love that. Yeah. So it goes through quite a few pages of that stuff. Um, and then it, we go into the play. So you do your little warm-up and then you get to play. And the first exercise is about what clothes you're wearing. Nice. Um, and it's because for me, that was another thing to realize, like, who am I dressing for? <laughs> like, uh-huh. That's a good one. You know, like, mm-hmm. what do I actually like to wear? And and one of the exercises that came out, which really surprised me, was I wanted to give people a place to celebrate their favorite things, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that that's important to know what you do and don't like. And and I was going to get them to draw like the most spectacular outfit that they could think of that they would love. And then I realized as I was doing the exercise myself, because I have to do every exercise to test it to make sure it works. I'm doing the exercise myself and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do fancy. The things that I love are the things that people generally won't notice mm. or see. And it was like I've drawn it in the book my favourite jeans, my favourite shoes, my soft, ugly house dress, <laughs> um, my favourite brooch that I designed, um, my big hat, you know, just things that people wouldn't know that when I'm wearing them I feel really happy. You know? Oh, I love that. That's a, that's a great example though too of what not just draw a fancy outfit but what are the things that yeah. make you happy when you have them on. Yeah, and maybe for some people it will be sparkly. Sure, sure. You know, that, but then that's you. them. Yeah, and that's good on you. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the book then just goes through some little things that lead you closer to knowing your authentic self. And So there's little collections of things that you love. Um, I teach you how to draw a face, which I think is really important um, because faces are our, I don't know, it's like a currency, I think, for people to connect Mm-hmm, just for to sure. look at someone's sure. face yeah anyway I just love that um there's a little exercise of self-love where you have to look look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself what you like about yourself that's a bit cringy that one but you know I think it's important that's a good one <laughs> um there's little exercises about color a little book that you can make I don't know I'm just leafing through it as I go like what did I do in here so good um yeah, there's, there's just bits and pieces and it, it gets more and more serious as you go through the book. I love it. You say on the packaging, a black and white guided journal for you to color, explore and discover your finest creative and precious resource, which is you. Yeah. And that was one thing that I thought right from the beginning, it has to be black and white. It has mm. to be like, it's definitely got to have a lot of me in it. Because I think that by putting my work in there, it encourages people and inspires people, like just seeing the visuals. But the black and white nature of it is that you make it your own. 
and you can glue stuff in, you can use colour, you can extend pages, you can carry this book around in your bag and whip it out at any moment just to doodle something over the top of something that I've done. I love that too because it comes packaged in the most colourful box you could ever imagine. (laughs) It's, it says again, as, or as well, a small but mighty 40-page book jam-packed with wisdom and insight with plenty of room to play. And the the box itself is just a box of happy. It's so colorful. On the front, it says you in bold letters, and it has just every color radiating out from that and a big black and white heart. But it's just, you can't help. Like, if I saw this in the store, there's no way I would leave without one for everybody I know like it's so you you pick it up because it's it's so enticing and then you look at that the book and you think who this is a great exercise for anyone anyone to to go through this and then tell us what else is in the kit um so there are three paint markers from um an Australian business women woman-led business nice it's awesome um and there is a black fineliner from a Melbourne-based business. So that's another Australian city. Um, and they are, those, so those black fineliners are made of um, like used printer ink. Sorry, I'm nice. articulating exactly. But they're really cool. Like mm-hmm. I, they were the first people I wanted. I want. Yeah. I, yeah. Everything I want in there is really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, and then what else is there, Margo? <laughs> there's washi oh, tape, there's I know, is in there. Um, yeah, there's a so really cool pencil case that you designed. Yes. Right, yeah, the pencil case. So the pencil case was another thing. My friend who, um, I have a friend who works in a business that creates uh, products. And I said to her, I need a pencil case. And I said, it has to be made of paper. Can you get me one? And she's like, yes, I can. Nice. Um, and so... Again, the pencil case was made of paper so that you can make your own marks on it because for me, uh, customising everything was my go-to right from, the, right from the word go. Like every diary, every um, school book, every pencil case, even my school bag was completely and utterly trashed by me drawing all over it or painting on it or... Yeah, and I just wanted to recreate that vibe because I just think it's so cool. <laughs> That's so great. It's you know. it's it it is, and it and and it's personalized. I mean, you make it so it can be personalized, which is amazing. So, what is your like? What is your wish for people with this kit? So, my my deep down longing is that people will pick it up and actually do the work right yeah actually sit and do the exercises and notice that it makes them feel better Ah, i love that so my the next book in the series that i want to do is actually called the feel better book and it's a similar kind of less less uh creative thinking kind of thing but more about these these are the ways that you can feel better and that came about like that was going to be the first book because you know covid lockdowns and people looking for things to do when they had nothing to do. And I thought, well, I can help with that. I'm the queen of that. 
<laughs> I am the queen of like killing boredom by finding things to do. It's a gift, yeah. really, this is. And you sold them into the store of the woman who wanted them. Yes. And are, how else can people get them? Uh, directly from my website at this Just point. fantastic. Yeah. Colorful and juicy and delicious. I think these are so such a good idea Zoe and I hope you don't stop with just this kit as you were saying like the next thing and and I and even from when we first started talking about it where you were saying you know I'm done with this project and I'm you know coming down off of that so so don't you know you know keep yeah. going go from earrings to the neck you know because I feel like you've hit on something and there there's something that you could really um you could express yourself but you're helping others to do the same in their own way yeah. well that's my that's my jam. I, yeah. I love teaching. Teaching is the thing that I love to do the most. Um, and I have done teaching. I, I taught at university level um, as a tutor. I, I'm not a, a professor or anything. But the problem with teaching um, in organisations is the bureaucracy that goes with it. <laughs> I can't I can't deal with that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I can't handle yeah. the marking, the benchmarking, the of you know feeling like you have to pass everyone so that you know the university looks like it's successful did I say that out loud um yeah but I I, I love it and and yeah I I honestly feel like this book and the kit but more the book is actually the thing that I was meant to be doing this whole time and it's what I've been aching for it's what it's been hovering around the back of my head I've, I've I said to so many people, I've got this thing mm. <laughs> and it's just here. I was like, I can't see it. I can feel it. It's just right there. I'm pointing to the back of my head. Um, and I just don't know what it is, but I know that it's coming and it, it's it's just going to, and I think this is it. This is the thing. And, yeah, I, I would love to do and I will be doing a series. Like it's going to. You know, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you have realized that because it feels like, I mean, I really am impressed with, you know, the work you've done has made a difference. And I, I think even the, the bit of, you know, these 40 pages in this art book journal exploration is something that might help somebody else get further. And all those that are still in you, I can't wait for this to be a series and to be this, to be part of the thing that you do. I mean, you, it already is happening, but to, to, I can't wait for it to continue to happen because it's obviously a passion. So I love the most when you can see that that someone has a passion and you can take part in what that is because you just, yeah. you share it, you share that. And, and, you know, you were saying you write a lot and you do that every day. And that's, that's been a practice that you, you have taught yourself how to do. So, you know, maybe your books can teach other people how to get used to something whether it's journaling drawing drawing a face every day whatever it is that can help them center themselves more in their own creativity and their own humanness when I was thinking about how I was going to talk about it in my promo and marketing I wanted to say it's a workshop in a book but it's not it's more than a workshop in a book it's like all the workshops I've ever taught in a book yeah and I want to share it right because it's sort of like the first time you ever fall in love or the first time you ever, like maybe I could take it back to the psychology again. The first time I ever had an appointment with somebody who said to me, 
the space that you're taking up in the world right now is yours Mm. and it's okay to be wherever you are. And I just looked at her and went, what? (laughs) But the feeling that came over me was, holy, I was about to swear, Margo. You can. (laughs) It's okay. okay. (laughs) Well, holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. that point home. I mean, seriously, that is how it feels. Yeah, I was overwhelmed by this feeling of yes. Like the first time that I had felt I could inhabit something fully and I was elated. I wanted to share that feeling. That's what I'm trying to do is share that feeling Mm. and maybe the kit should have been called yes rather than you. To be able to inhabit yourself fully. Mm. And, And not just yourself but take up space in the world. Like I, I always felt like I had to minimize myself because I was a really show-offy, um, wanted to so much be out there kind of kid but didn't really have the confidence. I had lots mm. of arrogance but no confidence. Mm. And, you know, I just I want people to understand that that's the feeling, that's, that's the juice in life is knowing that the space that you're taking up is is worth it and it's allowed i love that because it comes right back around to what you said you were taught what we many i'm right there with you being taught like don't take up that space don't don't show you're taking up that space but where do we really have to land if we're going to get somewhere with our creativity it's taking it's admitting to yourself that it's okay to take up that space and not only that but it's a positive it's not a negative it's an extreme positive people want what you're doing so if you were giving someone advice if someone if that friend came to you and said zoe i really am trying to find my way through this and trying to find how to get that product or products or or find the thing that I really love to do what might be your suggestion since you've waded through that okay first step is buy the artist's way by Julia Cameron and Mm -hmm. do it and commit commit right biggest thing you have to do is commit to the project so do the artist's way and then I would write down the first thing that I learned in a meditation course that I did last year was that You don't have to do it well for it to work, right? You don't have to meditate well for it Mm -hmm. to have a great effect on you. Mm -hmm. And I would say that with creativity or drawing or whatever it is that your pursuit is, is to start by doing it badly. Oh, that's such a good one. Yes. Well, that was actually advice also given to me by another illustrator who I was trying to illustrate and write kids' books at the time. And she, I sent her some of my work and she's like, meh, it's too, it's not right. She said, why don't you just draw really badly and then Mm. it'll be great. And I was like, Mm. oh, far out. That's such good advice. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I would advise is to, to listen to this amazing thing, which I've seen all over the place, but it, it's the saying that comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. Now, I, I swear to God, I know this. I know that bit of advice. I try my best to live it. But I always find myself, when I'm feeling the worst is when I'm comparing myself to others. Yep. When I first started listening to your podcast, I had to mm-hmm. turn it off, Margot, because it hurt. 
I was comparing myself and forgetting that actually I can listen to, um, oh, look, Deborah Stein is the one that's, that is a standout for me. She's just mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And I do remember listening to that and feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm not that good. But then I had to remind myself that she's a different person to me. I don't yeah. have to be doing what she's doing to be amazing. No, you just so, need to do you. That's true. Yeah. We, and, and yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, it's just like, just stop even thinking that you should be good at it or better at it. Just bloody do it. Right. Maybe <laughs> even it's just stop thinking and do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if it feels good, do it more. Yeah. And I think that's something in our culture that has been fully discouraged as well, that things that feel good aren't good. Right. That's a good you know, point. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about all of the religious upbringings that some of yes. us have had, yeah, you're not supposed to do anything that feels good. No, no. <laughs> Whereas no. I, I, I say the opposite. I say go and do what makes you feel the best um, uh-huh. and find something that soothes your nervous system. So meditation, some people say they can't do it. It's like, well, you can, but maybe you won't. But find something that will will soothe your nervous system, something that's repetitious, rhythmic, walking is good. Um, Actually, you know what's a really good book to read on that subject Mm. is um, a book by Oprah Winfrey and some guy, I can't ever remember his name, but he's really important. Um, (laughs) It's called What Happened to You? Mm. And it's, the basis or the premise of it is that you could be in the local shops and you can see a kid having a meltdown or behaving really badly. And the first thing that might pop into your mind is what is wrong with that kid? Mm-hmm. But Oprah and this lovely doctor, whose name I cannot ever remember, they twist Dr. that around. Dr. Bruce Perry. That's him. There lovely man. Love that guy. They would say the question is not what's wrong with that kid, but what happened to that kid? I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, I think I sort of knew all that stuff that they talk about in this book, but they frame it in a way that is just so useful for everybody. I highly recommend. I really try to remember that because you have to walk a mile in the other person's moccasins type of thing. And there's been certain times in my life when I've been frustrated or not understood someone or why are they like that? And all I, ha- and then the older you get and you realize, goodness sakes, people go through a lot of s- crappy stuff. And I would re- just run that through my mind, Margo. Oh my gosh. What have they gone through? You yeah. know, just don't yeah. forget. It's not all shiny. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, It's a very good reminder. And, and I don't know that book and I'm going to look that up. And again, these will all be in the show notes over on Tanta studio. So tell us about what your Skillshare class is. I don't want to miss that. Oh, okay. So the Skillshare class is very pragmatic. It's basically you want to do something. So it came about with the earrings. I wanted to produce a range of earrings and a tea towel. I had another little thing going on where I did a one tea towel. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I could do it without losing money because mm-hmm. um, that's really important to me. Um, my husband worked his backside off for this family and I don't want him to feel like he's the only person earning and that's fantastic that it's it's Mm. huge responsibility super grateful that he's very clever he's an accountant so I basically said to him I need you to give me the 
the information so that I can turn it into this video to help artists who want to make money because Love nobody's it. making money, right? We're all just sitting here right. playing around. You said around. that was your favorite um, make art that sells glass too, which is great. Oh, my God. It was so good. And I go back, I've printed that book out and I go back to that constantly. And every time I feel like, oh my God, I'm, you know, things are out of control. I don't know what I'm doing. I get that book out and I go through and I'm like, tick, tick, tick. It's all good. So the class is a really basic, um, here's the maths. This is how you calculate how much money you've got to spend. And then from that calculation, you go, well, how much do I have to make to break even? to at least make sure I'm not losing money. And then how do I go to profit? How do I know when that's going to happen? Um, and then there's also this little bit about, well, really good way to do that is to do pre-orders so that you get the money to produce the thing before you produce it. Love that. Yeah. Um, and then you also, it's a really good way of gauging interest in what you're doing. So this tea towel for example i had Absolutely. had to say to me i don't wear earrings what else have you got mm -hmm. and i was like well i'll do everything um so i thought well what about a tea towel and i thought well i've got two people telling me they want tea towels that's not enough i need more people how many people can i drum up to fund this tea towel and i got i think i worked out that i needed 33 people to make 100 tea towels to break even that's and th then you know what you're then you know how much work you have to do for that yeah and I did I made I did the work sold the tea towels before I produced them managed to be able to produce more um that I could then sell later and I think I I don't think they were a sellout I think I still got one or two left but um one or two tea towels is pretty impressive of a hundred. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, I love um, this class, you know, cause I, I did want to make sure we touched on that because I feel like it's so important. And if it's, think, it's sitting there on Skillshare yeah. waiting for people to learn from you. And I think yeah. that's so great. Really great. I have to say I had a ton of fun doing it. My husband is in it as well. And he, he is a closet performer. Like he really wants to be <laughs> on the stage. He should be on the television. He's amazingly funny. And he's an accountant. Like maybe Abby, we'll have to have him on to talk about uh, uh, money and accounting for creatives. I Who doesn't need that? I keep saying to him that there's this untapped market oh out there gosh, for yes. his amazing talents, but he's so busy. Yeah, <laughs> we like well, him a lot. You're a good team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but tell me who's inspiring you these days besides your lovely husband. So I did think about this because there's so many famous people I could have listed. Sure. Right, your podcast has given oh, me you. endless oh my god I've done a deep dive on that I just uh -huh, that's so nice listening. to hear thank you yeah thank you. there was there was one in particular that just made me go yes it was the oh. one um Beth Nydick oh name? yeah PR oh, Beth Nydick yeah. mm -hmm. again like someone that something like an area that I generally wouldn't say oh, I have a huge amount of interest in but god she was good yeah she's she's way smart on that whip smart that's the word um so who's inspiring me um I've written it down somewhere I have it do you want me to remind you <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually no the first person is my my art teacher and mentor Donna yes love um that. her name is Donna Malone and I talk about needing eyes on work mm. she is amazing love and it. 
if she could get more eyes on her work, I think she would be amazed and she would, she deserves it. Love it. She paints like, I, I met her in a class that I did. It was my first adult art classes back after having kids. And talk about making something your own. We were given a task and I was paralysed with fear that I wouldn't do it right and the teacher was coming and she's going to look at my work and, oh, my God. And then looked over the other side of the room and Donna is dancing. And I'm just looking at her going, what the hell? And she wasn't literally dancing. She was drawing and painting and getting stuck in. And I could see what she was doing and I was like, well, she's not doing what they've asked her to do. Oh, but she kind of was like she was definitely doing like the still life drawing that we were supposed to do which was like no criticism to the teacher the teacher was amazing um but I could just see that Donna was living it she was just moving around she was standing up everyone else was sitting down she was standing up moving around that whatever it was a canvas or a bit of paper she was smiling and I just thought, right, that's what that's what this is all about. I don't have, have to get do that perfect still life. I don't mm. have to. I just have to love it, right? So, mm. and my house is full of her art. Like I can't. Oh, I love. I can't that. stop buying it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Very intuitive, abstract kind of stuff. Anyway, beautiful. she inspires me greatly. Who else have I got on that list? You had really someone I hadn't known about, but I've loved Mirka Mora. Oh my God. I, again, another completely rebellious, doing her own thing, incredible artist. I seems I came across so her. cool. She was so oh. interesting to read about. Yeah. She's crazy good. Like, I just think she would not have given a rat's what mm. anyone thought about her. And that for me is the bit that I need to work need to work on the most like and yeah she just her work is so vibrant and sexy and colorful and ah I stayed in them she has a hotel in Melbourne Mm. and she actually passed away a couple years ago I think she Um, lived a long rich um, life for sure total rebel total you know oh unreal so, yeah, I stayed in her hotel with my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and her art in that hotel, I just, I was in heaven. I was like, how is this, how do, how do you how do you exist in this world? It's amazing. It was so, so cool. Amazing. And she had a, I mean, she was um, wartime, she immigrated from Paris. So she, yeah. it's not like she just had this idyllic easy she was another one dancing at her canvas and then the third one you said which I love is your network of supportive friends yes yeah I love those people they're not particularly artistic people um but I I have on I have uncovered some creative talent in that in that pool I forced them to do some (laughs) some creative thinking and arty exercises and even like the there's one who we have the same birthday and I joke that we're twins. I'm actually five years older than she is, but um, she is a lawyer. She's super pragmatic and mm. she just looks at me. And I'm sure she just goes, well, I don't get you. Um, but again, she has taught me so much about not caring what people think. 
like we were on tuck shop one day together at school so like our school has one one day okay. of the week where you where you feed the kids out of a window and I think I must have been going through some some kind of drama and I just looked at her and I said do you care at all what people think about you and she was like honestly Zoe I don't and I just thought wow wow like that. I admire that so much that's so is- cool I do look at people like that and think, oh, I need a, I need that. I need more of that. Yeah. And she genuinely, she genuinely doesn't. And I don't think she has an arrogant bone in her body. Such a great combo. I don't even, she just, she just is focused on what's important. Oh, we need more of that. That's so good. You know, I I think we just need to look around and, and be, we are, I know we are, but grateful for our friends because it's that support that gets us yep. through the day whether it's a yep. kid pickup or whenever it is and yes and and we and the friends we meet because of the kids or the art classes we're in or the yep. school we went to or or the committee we serve on whatever it is but we're grateful yep. for you friends oh, so much and these girls like they've gotten me through many a thing like you know my kids not not coping with the start of school and yeah just stuff. And they bought my earrings. They love my earrings. <laughs> and they've all bought my art kit. Like, they're just wonderful. They're really love lovely. They, so they good. Totally, they, they tell me to my face that I'm a good person and that I'm worth it all the oh, time. What you good know? people. Oh, yeah, you can't go past that. Thank cool. you so much for your sage advice and just sharing the deep parts of yourself that I know it's it's obvious that you've worked hard on and it and it means a lot that you're willing to to share that with the rest of us thank you Margo I've, yeah, I've yeah. enjoyed every moment me too me too wonderful to finally uh, connect with you properly indeed it won't be the last time I'm sure before you go I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.